When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have actor, podcast host, and frankly, one of my favorite people, Jerry Ferrara, who is known for his role as Turtle on the hit show Entourage and Proctor on my favorite TV show, along with BMF Power. Coming up. I talked to Jerry about his childhood in Brooklyn, his list of top athletes repping New York teams, and what it's been like reinventing himself and his career after his iconic role on Entourage. Up next, Jerry Ferrara. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, refer a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a sibling, a cousin, leave us a five-star rating. The Renaissance Man is up. For People Choice Awards, we're being considered in two separate categories, entertainment and best black hosted. Winners will be announced September 30th. Appreciate you and your support. This is one of my favorite themes. Reinvent yourself. As the Renaissance man, I relate to this in so many ways on a personal level. At a point in my career, I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to just be known as a basketball player. I knew I had the ability to reinvent myself and become an all-time great multimedia personality and philanthropist. So I reinvented myself. Who inspired me? Jason Williams of the Nets, late 90s. He was balling in the league and doing TV on NBC. Then my OG, former bad boy, NBA multiple champion, John Spider Sally, was the only athlete featured on the Monday through Friday show. I paid attention to each of the holes in the coverage. So I decided in order to do different, you got to be different. So I decided like we did in college. Head to toe, people are watching. At Michigan, ball heads, long shorts, black shoes, black socks. When you see me now, fresh cut, fly frames, dope suit, or casual, crazy kick game. Head to toe. Trying to fill the holes in the coverage and reinvent myself. The only reason why I grew my hair out is just to create a different look. And so, Right now, I'm walking around with a gallon of water that has mint in it, lemons, limes, 
cucumbers. You know why? Because now I decided I want to get in great shape. But it ain't going to happen just by talking about it. I'm going to have to make certain sacrifices. And to reinvent yourself over and over again, the way I have and have stand power, you got to have discipline. It's not going to happen overnight. Because I say this all the time, and I don't ever want you to think that your best days are behind you, but you can be more than just one label. You are capable of being a multi-hyphenate. Just remember, we are always in motion, but you decide, will it be forward or backward? My next guest knows all about reinventing his career. Jerry Ferrara is a renaissance man in his own right. He's an accomplished actor, entrepreneur, and most recently a new co-host of the podcast Unleashed by BetMGM. Coming up, I talked to Jerry about what he thinks about the Knicks not landing Donovan Mitchell, how fatherhood made him a better man, and what it was like working with Curtis, 50 Cent, Jackson, Orrin Powell. Up next, Jerry Ferrara. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between my next guest is one of my favorite people in the industry not only is he a three-time sag award nominee who has appeared in numerous tv shows and films including legendary entourage and power lone survivor and think like a man he's also the co-host of bet mgm's weekly sports podcast unleashed make sure you check it out it is my honor to welcome my brother and diehard knicks fan jerry ferrara to the renaissance man what up my brother oh man that, let me t- i don't that's the best intro i think i've ever had in my career right there thank <laughs> I you i got you i got you and when you get your emmy awards or your <laughs> hall of fame stuff i'll come introduce you then too you deserve it that's that's like that's our rings you know if you got that emmy award that's like the acting version of getting a ring Absolutely. In being a public figure or an actor, every time somebody comes up to you and calls you a character, that's a ring. I, you know what? That's a, that's a great way to put it because I've been on a New York street and I've had one side of the street be like, oh, there's Turtle. And the other side of the street, it's like, nah, that's Proctor. So is that two, two rings? rings? I got two rings. You already know. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I have to ask you, what was it like growing up in Brooklyn? And what did you figure that acting would be something you can do for your career? Uh, Brooklyn was a great place to grow up. You know, I'm like a late 80s, mainly 90s kid. You know, there's so much good music and the Knicks were good and the Yankees were coming around. The Rangers were good. Uh, But acting definitely wasn't a common profession where I was from. I didn't know anyone else who was even interested in in it. And for me, it was just a love of movies and TV. Everyone always asks, like, why? And I was not born on a theater stage or anything. Mm. I just love movies and television. I could have easily been an editor or a, a grip or a DP and still been just as happy as I am now. Cause I just love 
TV and film. Always have. What were some of your favorite television shows growing up? Oh, man. TV. So I grew up a little bit on like the Saved by the Bell Saturday morning stuff, but sitcom wise, and it's funny, we were just talking about this and it just came up and it jogged my memory. Martin was the greatest. I think that's the greatest sitcom of all time. As far as quotable amongst my friend group, to this Mm -hmm. day, we still quote. Like when he got knocked out by Tommy Hearn stuck against the wall and he goes, I don't want to fight no more. Like we still say (laughs) that. That's classic. The Get Hitman episode. (laughs) It's the best. No doubt. (laughs) It's the best. So, uh, but so many movies really, you know, maybe it's because I was an Italian kid from Brooklyn, all the Scorsese stuff Mm -hmm. and the De Niro, Pesci stuff had a huge influence on me wanting to become an actor. You spoken publicly about your side jobs when you first started out as an actor. People see you now, they underestimate how you was grinding, how you was hustling. How did it shape your approach then and help make you who you are today? I mean, it was everything for me. I I didn't have a charmed upbringing in Brooklyn, but I definitely wasn't. It it was rough. We didn't definitely have a lot of money. But when I moved to L.A., I I think I had like $1,000 to my name. I didn't even have a car. And Jalen, you've spent time in L.A. Not having a car in L.A.? It's like being on the moon without oxygen, you know, you can't (laughs) survive. But yeah, I worked at every restaurant in the San Fernando Valley just trying to make, and I would always do the same thing. I would get like a a little guest star part for a week on a show. I'd Mm -hmm. make like three, four grand. I'd walk into that job and do like the half-baked, like F you, F you, F you. I quit (laughs) and I'd spend that three, four grand in like three months and I'd go ask for my job back. So it, it made me, it really did make me understand responsibility and just how you got to do what you got to do to chase your dream. It's not for free, the dream mm. chasing. You got to you gotta earn it. And something you earned was an opportunity to be on Entourage. And we brought this up earlier. Where were you when you got the word that you secured the part? And when during the shooting of the episodes did you realize that it was going to be an all-time classic? Man, so... You know, the final step as an actor, we, we're make, we, I make everything a sports reference, right? If we're talking about rings. So our version of like game seven in the finals is that network test where, and you, you go in this big lobby at HBO and you see there's two or three other people up for the same role as you. And you go in, you kind of like fight it out all day. And I remember leaving HBO and I, I still at that point had no idea if I had gotten it or not. And I think I was in like a 7-Eleven parking lot or something and my phone rang and it was it was Doug Allen, creator of the show. And I answered and he's and I didn't even know him like that. I'm like, this is back before caller ID. It's like, yeah, it's it's Doug. You got the part. We start shooting in a week. Click. And I was just frozen in that parking lot. And I remember I called my mom. And my mom's first thing was like, they're going to give you health insurance, right? <laughs> that was her first <laughs> thing. She wanted to get me off her health insurance. <laughs> so while shooting it and understanding that it's having such an impact on the culture and of television just for me to see as an athlete just that visual play out it reminded me that the most important conversations in my career i'm not on the phone <laughs> you see what i'm saying yes you're not on the phone your agent or your manager you're 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 trusting people um, to represent your best interest. So when did you realize that this is having a major impact and it's going to be something that people talk about forever? So something happened. Uh, you know, our first season came out 
and it it had some critical buzz. Like I, I I think even like the Post gave it a great write up, and other outlets gave it like a great write up. And but the numbers were like okay, you know, it was cable television. No one still really knew who he were. But that in between time when the first season ended before the second season is right when HBO launched like on demand, right? Mm -hmm. So every like college kid who went back to school in September found Entourage on demand that September. Mm -hmm. So we took a jump from season one to season two where our numbers went through the roof after that. And I remember being on like Sunset Boulevard, we're shooting the scene. Uh, like we always do our big walk and talks and we're, people are starting to shout our character names and then we caused the accident on sunset because people were looking <laughs> oh, at us shooting wow. and you heard boom big accident we turned around we made sure everybody was all right but it was kind of cool luckily it was a fender bender but yeah we mm -hmm. caused a, a, a car accident on sunset boulevard because people were were watching us film that is crazy and you continue to do your thing i got to pivot to sports for a second because you just mentioned how it's a heartbeat of everything that you say who are your five favorite athletes to perform in new york city uh, just to watch in new york or new york to watch city in new york it could be yankees knicks mets whoever who are your top five athletes that have represented jerseys for New York teams. Oh, okay. That's a good woo, that's a good one. So for me, my all-time, I think, is probably Jeter because of just the greatness. And, you know, like I said, I was a 90s kid. So that run was in the midst of all of my, you know, growing into a young adult. I go Jeter. I mean, Patrick Ewing, I I went to quite a few games in the 90s and Starks. I'm putting Starks on there too, because I loved Starks' story. He's bagging groceries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the CBA, and grinded his way up. I always love this story. Uh, everyone hates on Eli. I get it. Like uh, to me, those two rings, I go Eli, and then my Brady. exactly. And then my personal. This is like a, a personal favorite. My guy Plexico Burris. I was no so doubt. jacked when the Giants signed him. He had the go-ahead touchdown in the Super Bowl. So that's my five right there. No disrespect to hockey. It's been a minute with me in hockey. Well, the Giants just played a football game yesterday. I know you saw it. What did you think about Saquon's performance and starting out 1-0 with the new coach? I was just happy that he, you know, he seems healthy. And I think that with guys like that, I mean, he's such a talented, talented football player. It's just, it, to me, it's about health. And, I mean, I don't know. Coach Dable, that's my guy. I love his Jordan collection. Like, the, to me, he started <laughs> off right. He's got the shoe game right. Then you saw he was rapping juicy with the players in the locker room. I'm like, those are vibes right there. That's, you know, those are guys that if you do lose, you feel like you win and lose together. So I do mm -hmm. feel like he's changing a little bit of the Giants culture. But Saquon's a beast. If he's healthy, yes. I knew this. I drafted him in every single fantasy mm. draft that I was in this year. So I have to ask you, the Knicks of 4C two years ago, Julius Randle's most improved in an all-star. You guys don't have the same success last year. And this offseason, you were in conversations to possibly get Donovan Mitchell. You re-signed R.J. Barrett, and that basically took you out of that opportunity. What do you think about, A, not landing Donovan Mitchell and or B, R.J. Barrett's future with the Knicks? 
it's such a it's such a push and pull, right? Because I wanted Donovan Mitchell. I'm not going to hedge and say, oh, the Knicks are better off without Donovan Mitchell. I wanted Donovan Mitchell. I wanted the Knicks to draft Donovan Mitchell at, at their mm. pick, whatever it was, five years ago. So I'm certainly disappointed. But on the flip side, I still like where we're at. I know I don't even know if with just Donovan Mitchell, if we're competing for a championship. You know, I still think the Cavs actually are a perfect fit for him. So I'm definitely disappointed. You know, you, man, you did something so slick. I, this is I'm not going to put you on blast. This is funny, <laughs> but I had the the privilege of playing at your JRLA tournament a few weeks back in in Detroit. Right, forever grateful. Thank you, brother. And Jalen's bringing out all the celebrities that are there, and, and I get out there to give Jalen, you know, a handshake, and he comes. He goes. Scott Perry's here. He's coming out next. This is before the Donovan Mitchell thing. And it's Scott Perry came out. And I I didn't get the full courage to ask him what was going on. I did a light ask. And he's like, well, you know, we're going to, we're on it. We're on it. And he just kept it. He knew not to tell me nothing. Um, But yeah, I'm optimistic about the team. I feel like it's so easy to be negative as a Knicks fan. It's like the easy, oh, it's so easy to be negative. Like I try to focus on the positive. And I do think if Randall gets back to the two years ago, Randall, I'm not, you know, I think we'll be back in the playoffs and that's all Nick fans want. Just give us playoff games. Exactly. Play hard. Yeah. Show that you care. Yeah. And fans that get a chance to see you and hear from you know that you're a Renaissance man in your own right. You know, from acting to hosting to talking about sports. Congratulations on your new bet MGM podcast. Welcome to the family. Listen, I saw I saw you in the commercial, and you mentioned some of my movies. You said Lone Survivor. That's a Pete Berg movie. Who directed the commercial? I told legend. Pete. Next time Pete I need Berg to be in is there. A legend. Yeah. Um, no, bet. Yeah, I. You know, I've been Unleashed. doing this. <laughs> I've been doing this pod for three weeks, and really, I'm just always looking for an excuse to talk sports. I can't help myself. So now, on perfect examples. Yesterday on Sunday, we got the two kids running around. I get to say to my wife, like, I gotta watch these games for work. Gotta you know, watch the games. Gotta watch the game. You know, this, 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 this is my job. I can't be future. showing up not knowing what I'm talking about. But, you know, this is for the kids, really. It's not my money that we're making. It's their money. <laughs> I, it's not for me. So uh, any chance to talk sports with people, I'm I'm all for it. Everybody, make sure you check out BetMGM's Unleash. Also, as you mentioned, your wife, your lovely wife, Bree, you're raising two young boys. Tell me about how fatherhood, in particular, during a pandemic and lockdown has changed you these last couple of years? I mean, it, it's been a lot of change. You know, I, my, my dad passed away when I was like four years old. So I, I kind of grew up with a very, very strong single mother who, you know, I, didn't, I don't really feel like I was cheated of anything in a way. And as unfortunate as it was, I still had the happiest childhood. And I only knew one parent. To me, that was completely normal. And I would look at my friends with two parents and say, man, that must suck. You got to kind of get over on two parents, not one. That being said, you know, two parents is obviously Mm. what a kid needs. And I always knew the minute I had kids, that was always going to be my priority. So it's changed me in a lot of ways. Uh, Even so much as going through the pandemic as a new dad and, you know, we bought a place in Cleveland where my wife is from because we wanted to be a little closer to her Mm -hmm. family. And, uh, I'm not going to say I underestimated fatherhood. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but the the only thing I really do, my whole parenting philosophy is I'm just going to do the stuff that I wish my dad would have been around to do. Mm-hmm. That's really how I kind of go about it. Like, oh, I, I would love to 
you know, play catch in the backyard. Come on, let's go do it. I want to build Legos. Let's do that. So, uh, yeah, we haven't figured out the good cop, bad cop thing yet because they're too young. So we haven't, they haven't really messed up yet. So that's going to be the real test. (laughs) I know you're excited, as you mentioned, to play catch with them, to play sports with them. But also the one thing about growing up in the industry young, you did it, I did it. How and what are some of the challenges that you were able to navigate and overcome to reinvent yourself? Because that's what we have to do every minute, every day, every role, you know, each day is reinvent ourselves. So what has that process been like for you as an industry veteran, but you're still very young? So look, it was, it was a bigger concern coming out of entourage. Cause that's like now almost, it is 10 years ago. Jeez. And Back then, it still was a little bit like, all right, if you play this one character for a long time, it's going to be really hard for people to see you as something else. So I knew I had to break out of that. For me, it was getting in really good shape. It was, it's unfortunate, but the physical is kind of the first thing people see, right? I wish it wasn't that way, but mm-hmm. I, I'd lost like 60 pounds. So dramatic. I already had people kind of going, whoa, you look real different. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's a little bit easier, but acting is tricky, man. Like I can't wake up tomorrow and say, I want to act tomorrow. You know, I can't, I can't wake up and do it. It's like, I, I could work on my craft, but acting is not as easy to work on. So that's why I do stuff like podcasts. I, I sold a few TV shows and I'm trying to reinvent that way and just get a little bit behind the camera. Cause mm-hmm. you know, there's really no control, but you're right. We're always reinventing it. And I mean, you're someone I've always admired who have, has done it. I mean, time and time again, and it really is Renaissance. I mean, it's, I look at it as because you're just someone, I think I'm the same way. We just have a lot of different interests. It's not just one mm-hmm. thing. So if we could find ways to incorporate those things into our work, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how much I love and appreciate you, brother, and for you taking the time. But I got to ask you something definitely before I let you go. What is it like working on power with Curtis 50 Cent Jackson? <laughs> It's incredible. I have this weird 50 and I, it's such a weird story, right? Cause he did a cameo on entourage years ago that was actually written initially for Kobe Bryant. And it was like in season. So you, you'd know better than I, Kobe was not doing anything outside of basketball in season. Not going to be able to do so it. So it was like, thank you, but no, thank you. So then uh 50 stepped in and that whole scene where I think I'm driving a Ferrari and 50 pulls up to me and like laughs at me. He, <laughs> He didn't, I don't know if he didn't like the car we have for him. He shipped his own car out from New York to LA <laughs> just for the two hour shoot that he pulls up next to me. That car in Entourage, that's his car from New York that he shipped out. So I got to know him a little bit then, but yeah, then getting to be in the power universe. I mean, I'm the luckiest dude in the world and 50, oh. I mean, he's directed me in episodes now. Uh, that dude's just brilliant. Like he knows how to market. He knows how to get it done that he doesn't know the word no you know mm-hmm. he's 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 green light he's green light everything he is is a green light green light gang yeah. absolutely he's been on the show joe Sakura. we've had rotimi like you know power is like one of my favorite all-time shows and you one of my favorite all-time human beings in the industry and again i appreciate you taking the time and energy to come to detroit it's one thing to support it's another thing when people get on an airplane, get in the car and drive to Detroit like you did from Ohio. So I'm, I'm grateful. But before I let you get out of here, I got a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this? Let's do it. So you're from Brooklyn, as I mentioned. You married a Midwesterner. And 
I guess besides how hard we tailgate, what is something you learned about the Midwest that surprised you? You know what I did? <laughs> The food scene is a lot different than I thought. You know, coming from New York, I was worried. I'm like, what am I going to do for food? I think you got to look a little bit harder. But when you find those places in the Midwest, even when I was up in Detroit, I ate somewhere. Like, I was worried coming from New York what the food scene was going to be like. No, the Midwest, don't sleep on the Midwest food scene at all. Love that. Speaking of food, what's the best pizza place in your opinion? I'm gonna go right to Brooklyn, New York, a place called Spumoni Gardens, L&B. It's where I grew up. I even think it's in Barclays now, but that was our Sunday every, you know, every afternoon with my cousins. Just go right there, bar none. Name a moment that when people approach you to talk about today, they mention as they describe Turtle. Everyone thinks Turtle was them. Oh, that's just, that was me. I'm Turtle. I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess so. It's like every dude with a Yankee hat and a beard is Turtle. <laughs> Lastly, but certainly not least, and again, y'all make sure y'all check out his podcast, Unleashed on BetMGM. You know he's going to have the, the most current on entertainment and sports and anything that's driving his passion. But I got to ask you, who would be your dream guest on your program? I mean, talk about prisoner of the moment. I want Brian Dable on the show. <laughs> That's who I want to talk to. I want to talk about that that two-point conversion. Exactly. And gave it to Saquon. That's how you build a culture. That's yes. how you build a culture. Yes. We all know y'all giving it to Saquon and can't stop it. Why they ain't even giving the ball to Derrick Henry, falling on the ball twice and then missing a field goal. Listen, by the way, they did stop it. Saquon didn't let him stop it. If you watch that play again, he, he was, was kind of... They were he there. He just he just made a move and put his shoulder down and done. Yeah, I want Brian Dable on the show. Talk some Jordans, too. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you for taking the time. Always, Jalen. Thank you. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Jerry Ferrara for stopping by the podcast. And I truly meant it when I said he's one of my favorite people. One thing that stuck out to me about Jerry that early in his career, he realized that his dreams ain't free. He wanted to be an actor in L.A. like so many people. But his dream wasn't going to become real if he sat around waiting for it. He had to pay his dues. He needed to survive. He juggled his work at restaurants and auditions. Also, he did it without a car in L.A. And if you ever been in L.A., you know that's incredible. Jerry had to pay his dues and earn his achievements. He eventually did it by landing a role on Entourage, which went on to win countless awards and put HBO on the map. This reminds me of that saying, luck is real. It just has to find you working. So I ask, what's the dream you're working towards daily? Is it fitness? Is it college? Is it that job or career opportunity you always wanted? Whatever it is, don't forget to be ready for your moment. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.